0: I'm Nicole Matheson, and this is Unbreakable, the podcast exploring the part of us deep within that cannot be broken. Today's episode is sponsored by Embrace Women's Circle, a Facebook group to support women who see the challenges in their intimate relationships as opportunities to evolve. Go to Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Embrace Women's Circle to join us because who couldn't do it with a bit of love and support when it comes to navigating relationships? On to today's episode. Today on the show, I talk to Sarah Durham-Wilson, a woman who has had her fair share of moments on the bathroom floor, including one years ago that initiated a full kundalini awakening and her spiritual path into Do It Girl. At the time of this interview, Sarah was there again in the dark. A darkness initiated by, among other things, the loss of her beloved fur baby and preparing to navigate motherhood alone. Sarah doubted whether she could be on a show called Unbreakable whilst feeling so broken. But in truth, this is precisely what I love about this episode. She is in it, feeling it all, stripped back to nothing, and opening up to us about the experience, the pain, the teachings and the richness. And even right there in it, she's able to trust her unbreakable spirit. As is always the case in any conversation with Sarah, this interview is laced with mythology, mysticism, and imagery that brings her words to life and transports us into worlds and possibilities beyond our own. Sarah also shares with us how being in the dark does not mean being in agony. The journey of Anana and what we can learn from her dark descent. The hard-learned lesson that nobody is coming to save us, we have to save ourselves. The epic journey from maiden to mother to crone and where she's at right now. Where she goes to get her guidance in moments of fear, think mystical and magical, of course. And why she is ready for battle and suited up and how activism is no longer a choice. Enjoy. Wondering if um, you know this podcast being called Unbreakable, I'm really fascinated with what makes us resilient. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought it might be interesting to start with where you're at right now because I think I remember a, a post you made a day or maybe two ago where you were saying, I'm in the dark, mm-hmm. I'm in the winter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just yeah. wondered. Um, you can just share how it feels there and what's going on
1: oh i just wanted to say thank you for having me really quickly and uh um the thing about the dark is that's when you can see the stars and the moon and the the light you know it emphasizes what's good in your life too because you know my my grief and um my uh, doing this alone, this passage into not just the archetypal mother, but the physical mother, doing that alone—the uh, uh, the hardship of that passage. There's also many, so many beautiful blessings and having lost. Uh, we were talking about I lost my my fur baby, my my guardian and my familiar. Uh, the grief is this. It's the ripest and rawest uh, of teachings. It's um, I. I'll stand now with my father and be like so the most present I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Like my heart is just breaking open to be around him, and I'm just sending. I'm covering him in so much love, and he thinks we're just talking about the weather, you know. <laughs> and I'm like. In, <laughs> Inside, I'm just like, thank you, God, for this moment. I know I won't have him forever. Mm. And, you know, I'm just so tender um, in the dark and um, not taking anything for granted, which we do when it's everything is going great, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, some people... The thing about the archetype of the mother is she doesn't really explain herself the way the maiden feels like she has to, you know. So some people get really confused when I say the underworld and they think I just mean misery. I don't at all. The feminine is the dark and it's so beautiful and rich and it's where we're reborn. And so I don't mean I'm in just agony. I mean, I'm underneath of things in the, in the, you know, beneath the surface, um, not where everybody else is all the time. Um, and I've had many winters where, uh, yeah, it was hard because as a woman aligned with the earth, you know, you feel the death of things. Um, but it wasn't like this. And I'm very much on a journey of Inanna down, hung on the meat hook, being drained of what was not power, what was not life, what was not Sovereignty. So it's it's a beautiful pain, you know. So so I'm really you know. Last week when you extended this offer to me, I remember thinking, oh, but I'm broken. I can't be on something called unbreakable. But I know the cycles of things, you know. And I know, first of all, you can't keep a good witch down. I know that about myself and my friends. You know, it's like, you know. Uh, something death can be standing on your neck one day, but the next day it wished it hadn't, you know? So <laughs> I, I, uh, I trust this, the buoyancy of the soul, the resilience of the feminine spirit, uh, to rise again, especially the sobriety of pregnancy. I think if I'd been having wine or something during this time, I'd be down longer, mm-hmm. but because I'm so intensely sober and alive and, openly processing everything i'm going through it much more rapidly so yeah
0: yeah because i really feel like resilience comes from an appreciation of the downs of the darkness Uh when we are and we are kind of conditioned to to fear it and to not appreciate it and to just attempt to be happy all the time. Yeah.
1: Oh, 70 degrees and sunny, and if not, something's wrong. Yeah.
0: We don't want rain.
1: No, God forbid. No, um, you know, every great country song talks about there'd be no flowers without the rain. You know, it's true, though. And there'd be no spring without winter or life without death. I mean, we all know this. It's it's, it's feminine studies 101 but um it's it's really true and that's how anana got through the underworld is she believed so deeply in the in the eternal nature of life that after death could only come life and she clung to that as she hung you know the next stage can only be life and she trusted that enough and it got her through
0: can you tell me a bit more about Anana? i'm not all that familiar with her (laughs)
1: Sorry, I've never been thirstier than as a pregnant woman, and I've never had to eat more in my life. Okay. (laughs) Um, um, She's uh, a a deity of the underworld, a goddess of the underworld, a Sumerian priestess. um, And we all have our different interpretations of her, and there are great books about her. One, I forget the name of the author, but um, The Descent to the Goddess is the name. It's like a little tome, a little pamphlet almost. Uh, she's the first goddess that ever came to me um, after my awakening. And uh, she whispered her name in my ear. And I I didn't know how to spell it or anything. I remember just Googling it and like, what is this? And it was all about the descent to the underworld. And I was like, no, because I was so conditioned 70 degrees and sunny. You know, everything's always fine. I was like, I don't know if I want to partake in any of the dark goddesses because that, you know, I just want the Lakshmi's and the, you know, like I want just the boons of this Aphrodite, you know, just like I wanted the sweet and sexy, silky, frothy kind. And, um, you know, I am a, I am very much a patron of the dark goddess. And that's just who I am. I, I was joking with a friend that I've also often, like, seen in my mind a cocktail party where, like, the light goddesses are on one side and the dark goddesses are on the other. And they're, like, all just, like, the light goddesses are looking at the dark goddesses, like, you guys are, like, way too deep. You take everything way too serious. <laughs> like, and the and the dark goddesses are, like, you guys are so surface, like, phony, you know, like, it's, like, you know. I would
0: love to come to that cocktail party.
1: Which side would you be on? I think
0: I might be a light goddess.
1: That, awesome I mean I do really well with light goddesses like you know yin to my yang and things Or yeah, yang. to my
0: totally well you know we have a lot to talk about yeah. and I think that I think that light goddesses need to appreciate the dark as well you know we're not yeah we have to be whole yeah and, and dark goddesses of course appreciate the light you know Yeah, I say that coming. Of course, you appreciate the light. Of course,
1: not. (laughs) How could you not love us? Um, Yeah, Lisa Leister. You know Lisa Leister, right? Yeah. She like, she's like the my dark goddess in the UK, Mm -hmm.
0: like holding down that end.
1: You know, and we when we get on Skype, it's just like such a bitch session. It's so funny because like my light goddesses won't let me do that. You know, but uh... we
0: won't have
1: it. (laughs) but Lisa and I just it's so juicy and you know it's like we think we were in a coven together like years you know lifetimes ago and that—that our coven we could just sit around and be like rolling our eyes all the time (laughs) but you know it's a healthy balance of both vents are good and then like okay let's shift the energy now yeah Uh, so yeah, Inanna, uh the way that I interpret the myth is dying to princess to become the queen, dying to maiden to become the mother. I love,
0: and, I just want to bow down to your, uh, words have failed me, but to your wisdom, I suppose, around the dying to maiden to become the mother and the queen. I love it. Love it.
1: I hope I'm not beating a dead, dead horse, but I'm just so I obsessed. I can't
0: get enough, so just continue <laughs> okay. with
1: I I just, right before we got on, posted another. I can't stop. Uh, It's a passage. Thank you. It's a passage that's not talked about in our society and therefore traps women in the unhealthy maiden of someone come rescue me, you know. And um, I wish that my mother had had this passage openly talked about, you know, for her and empowered her. Like, I wish I wish I'd had it earlier. I hope my daughter has it. I she hope will. we do huge maiden to mother pass. Oh yeah, I mean she'll be like, oh my god, shut up, mom. <laughs> <But> like, she'll, <laughs> she'll well, you know, I hope we have beautiful ceremonial rites again, yeah. where we, you my, know, my children
0: are, are nearly getting ready for it. I've got an 11 year old boy and an 8 year old girl, so I'm very much oh. interested in like, what passages are there. Like I want to, I want to yeah. know everything and start my research. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's so cool. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, celebrating your daughter into maiden would just be beautiful. You know, the maple in, in May, um, is the maiden, you know, to run around with the ribbons and in a beautiful dress and make a crown out of flowers and celebrate her youth and, and beauty and, um, impulsiveness and excitement, you know, that's gorgeous. Um, so, but, but, uh so the anana has to go through these eight gates down to uh down to the underworld and every every gate something physical is stripped of her right like the i think the the ego what we identify with um and on the and then she's left down to nothing the way de- out here in the northeast the trees uh have been stripped to nothing Mm -hmm. i feel like i've been stripped down to to nothing who am i with nothing you know what am i and that's what she has to face herself her naked self down there and then the rise is you know it's so glorious um and she's returned you know with instead of the princess tiara now the crown of the queen you know um, she's died to herself um and and died to her maiden self. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, it's the last thing I'm going to teach, you know, for a while because of my baby coming and I uh, just, I was out on a walk in the woods and I was like, I don't want to teach anything I've been teaching, please. Like, I, you know, I love what, the stuff I teach, but I don't like to feel like I'm ever on autopilot. Mm-hmm. You know, I think get, you know, there's no, I like to say there's nothing, more dangerous than a lazy witch, you know. Like when you're kind of just like coasting, cause just cause you can. Uh, so I, I said I don't want it. and I heard, I heard her say, teach, you know, teach my journey. And I said, well, I, I'm going to have to really step up to the plate for that and be totally present. And she's like, exactly. And so uh, I'm learning, I'm studying, restudying it as I go, and getting excited yeah. to teach on that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I saw you've got a, an online workshop. Is it? happening soon
1: yeah for the teachings of anana in march yeah in march yeah we'll try and get this (laughs)
0: podcast out before march eh? okay cool (laughs) (laughs) um i'm really interested um thank you so much for for telling me a bit more about anana i love it i love it i'm gonna have to go read some more but the the maiden to mother is really fascinating me at the moment and yeah, I I feel like I've taken that journey whilst being married, which has been an interesting one. You know, like
1: yeah.
0: getting my knight to come save me, and then halfway through going, I gotta save myself.
1: <laughs> right? There's no shortcut.
0: <laughs> there is no yeah. knight, really.
1: No. Um, yeah,
0: and I feel like a lot of us. Are struggling away in our in our relationships trying to come to terms with that
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's scary mm. it's it's really scary for when i was i was probably about three months oh, sorry three weeks away from finding out that I was pregnant, and I remember I was in Peru and I was sitting in front of a fire and I started to hear the cries of the world. And I was like, and I was taken to, I've talked about this before, but I was taken to some of the, like the scariest parts of the world right now, the parts that are so deeply wounded, which are, there are so many now, you know, it's too many to count. And I kept thinking, somebody do something, somebody help, somebody. And I heard, no one is coming but you. And mm. I, and that was, that was like the, it was such a deep, deeper experience than I can even remember because I had to sit up straight, like I was in a throne, and I had to hold like the crying children of the world, and there was nobody for me to lean on. You know, it was like it was an energetic coming to, to help. It wasn't. I couldn't physically go to the Paris attacks where I remember I was taken in the streets and things like that. It was like. I had to sit there and know nobody else was coming in my life and globally. Like we are, you know, the mothers are who the maidens can't and the crones like can't, you know, it's the, it's the mother generation that the, the world literally crying out for its mother to be and bless many of our mothers, but not the generation of mothers that we had that were disempowered by patriarchy and their mothers and their mothers a totally different generation of feminine, mm-hmm. which is empowered and sovereign and not depending on the masculine, which is very wounded right now. I mean, I live in the States. Look who our president is. Like it's oh, the very toxic masculine. So the feminine needs to rise and heal both the feminine and the masculine, in my, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. Um, your president. Mm not my president no no (laughs) yeah the president the president of your country no one is coming but you like what is it that uh that we need right now
1: i guess i want to nod to my sister laura ann who used to be known as shakti sunfire we were doing a retreat in um in uh, Ghost Ranch, where uh, I was called to that land of New Mexico because of Georgia O'Keefe, who's just like she just like said "f you" to the patriarchal system of the world she was in in New York, and with like uh, her her husband, who like kind of tried to like keep her as a kept woman, but was running around with women forty years younger than him, and like he managed her career, he managed, you know he didn't want her to have children because he wanted her to care for him. Like, so she, she actually like lost her fertility. Like by the time she got to ghost ranch, she was like 45, 46. Um, so when the, by the time she got to New Mexico, she, uh, was a completely a sovereign woman, like completely, she was in the the mother crone walk, you know, Mm -hmm. of. uh, you know that great healthy crone that's just like fuck all y'all I'm going to do me like the rest of my life is me you know <laughs> she was in that place and um, so we were sitting and a lot of women were called there in her honor because they felt her spirit and that's what Georgia Keith does and for women coming to New Mexico and Shakti and I I still call her Shakti but Laura Ann we were talking about activism and it's still like it's embarrassing to say, because this is white privilege to call myself out on this, a year and a half ago or whatever, activism was still a choice in our part of the world. It was like, it was a topic of conversation, but it wasn't, and for the, these women, it was burning but inside of them, but it wasn't the, the, the absolute vital necessity it is now that everybody pick up a pitchfork and rally, it, whatever that pitchfork is for whatever that cause is. You know, um, and uh, we were talking about all of our heroes in the in the feminine movement, like Clarissa Pinkola Estes and Jean Shinoda Bolin and Eve Ensler, and these great women that we love. But these women are all in their crone. So we, you know, maiden to mother wasn't hadn't become my obsession yet. Um, I was it was brimming in my cauldron. But I didn't have the words for it yet. It was baking in my oven, but it was so raw, you know uh, not, unservable still and uh but and c- because our society has buried the feminine, you know, and there was no there weren't the words for it, there wasn't the language for it, for this mm-hmm. um and uh Shakti said, you know. We can't really look to Eve Ensler and Clarissa Pinkola Estes and Jean Shinoda Bolen anymore. We have to rise and become them now. Like, give these women a break. They worked their asses off. They're in crone now. Like, this is us now. We are the activists. We, you know, we are the the, the leaders. And uh, that's the part of the maiden to mother thing. That's really the maiden to mother journey and passage that I was trying to describe, but I don't know if I did a good enough job, was like that no one else is coming. Like take it away, take it out of activism, take it out of like a global stage, like just in your own life, no one else is coming. Asking for help is actually like a huge part of being in mother. It's delegating and saying, I know what I can't do. The maiden thinks she can do it all and she still has 700 different hats. The mother's like, here's my strength. Here's my weaknesses, <laughs> like you know she has a team, um, you know, and that's like a queen, a queen, queen mother. The ar- that archetype is pretty much one and the same. Like she has a cabinet, you know, she has her, she has her, um, and it's not that she's like higher than the other women. That we all lean on each other for different things. And then matriarchal society, we knew our strengths. Like uh, you know, that's why the, um, if you look at Avalon or all the great goddesses, there's a the, a goddess of weaving, a goddess of blacksmith. Like we all had our different strengths, and we all needed each other in the community, you know. And so, just like laughing about the dark goddess and the light goddess, it's like, hey, if you want to journey into the underworld, Nicole, I got you. And like, I'm like hey, I need some like fresh new life perspective. Can I call you? You know, it's like we just know we that golden blanket together. Um, to forget how I got here. Because I have pregnancy brain. That's perfectly I... cool. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I re- i really find it empowering. You know, while it's a depressing thought initially, no one is coming but you. Right. I find it really empowering because yeah. it's the victim, isn't it? That waits. Waits it's around. It's sleeping Beauty in the.
1: You know, in the in the glass case in the forest. Mm. I will live when a prince comes and rescues me. Mm. Right? And a lot of us are
0: sleeping. And yeah. we want to stay asleep. It's so comfy.
1: That's cool. See, when women come to me for this passage, I'm like, I get it. I You want to stay there. Like, it's the cocoon before the butterfly breaks out. It's super dark. It's a sleeping bag. Like, it's cozy, you know? I totally get it, but it's like everything in the feminine. It's just a phase and you're going to grow out of it. And then you're going to get really sick and diseased and tight and unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And by the time they come to me, they're like, Oh, I know I got to get out of here.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's got so sickly comfy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The fire in my belly at the moment is that peace starts at home. And it starts within us, but i 'm really yeah. fascinated in the home haven you know as in the family as well as in if we're not if we 're not in uh, i suppose our mother and boundaryed and uh, creating ripples of goodness and wellness and love in that home then we have no leg to stand on to go, come on, create peace out there. You know, it's nearly, this is our job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say the maiden, uh, her tendency is to cart before horse it, to put the cart before the horse. Mm. So she's got all these like new ideas and she's in her early stages of her awakening. So, um, and she, and she's not yet in the community really of that we were talking about of the mother where she's got her tribe and her village and you know and her um the healthy part of the mother is the space holder i was just talking about this that the maiden it it's it there's a healthy bit of me 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 to find your place in the sun and find your identity you know and then when it gets unhealthy it's that woman that always needs to be the center of attention right and that Um, everything has to be about her when that's exhausting and will burn you out if everything is about you right so the mother is a healthy space holder just like we were talking like you're like oh like I I do these so I can connect with my sisters like these podcasts it's like yeah like to just share is like really healthy and like to hold space for each other like that but before um, if you were in Maiden you might be like oh I don't want to share the spotlight with anybody you know So you started talking about peace at home. And so a a tendency of the maiden is to talk it before she's walked it. Right. So she's talking about peace and love, but she's still creating a lot of drama Mm -hmm. in her own life. Right. And that's uh, a place I've been for sure. And, and yeah, and was pedestaled because of it. And then, my life fell apart with like, oh, you're, you know, you're talking about oneness with your sisterhood, and this was five years ago, and and then you're sleeping with your friend's ex husband, and she doesn't know, you know, and that was me, and it's like, yeah, and so like the pedestal, that's like shaky thing that we stand on, and this like spiritual, sort of dispute sp- like spiritual personality, spiritual celebrity, whatever you want to call it, it's shifting so fast, thank goodness, because. There's been a lot of patriarchy creeping in it, you know, like for fame and fortune and all the wrong reasons to be doing this sort of thing. And so when I – so five years ago, you know, I was on this shaky pedestal of like – I'm basically pretending I'm perfect, you know. Like, I mean, I I was claiming – I was owning my shit in public but not owning the shit that I really needed to own, you know. And so –
0: So it was like I'll own this safe shit. I'll own the safe shit. But the real shame – that stays hidden. The, the, the real stuff,
1: yeah. And I remember just feeling like the pedestal was, like, you know, really creaky. And, like, every day somebody would write me, like, I was their hero or something. And I just remember, like, hearing the creaks of the pedestal. Like, this thing is not – this is going to blow. And then my my friend found out about, you know, what was happening and called me on it. And, you know, it was like, bam, I was on the ground. And um, – kind of like properly witch hunted in some ways like um, like scarlet lettered a little bit you know um, and you know looking back again the gratitude for landing back on the earth which is where a witch a priestess, the goddess should be barefoot on the earth in in harmonious circle where she isn't above that's that's patriarchy to be above one person teaching to all these people. It's like in the circle of equalness where everyone is equal of equality. Um, that is, that was a humbling I needed, you know, mm. I you know, otherwise you're living with like a shadow on your back and like always kind of looking behind you. Um, and so.
0: Okay. And feeling completely disjointed. Like, I mean, you feel like a hypocrite. I was a hypocrite. Yeah.
1: And, and there's a lot of hypocrisy in the beginning of – I'm trying not to be specific. But, you know, I went through sort of a betrayal last year with a sister, and she's still a maiden. And, you know, it was kind of my karma to go through it because – or it was. I wrote in a poem that I don't think I'll ever publish. I wrote how I had done something to when I was a maiden to a woman and mother – And then my turn came around, you know, and to feel that the woman's pain that I had hurt, and then, um, and Um, so this is a a woman who espouses sisterhood, and then is still still really learning how to do that, you know, mm -hmm. how to be in it. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. Totally, it's all juicy learning, isn't it? Really, it makes so much sense. Like I always say, like. When I'm really in my fear or like agony uh, or my, this isn't just or fair, you know, I'm in my human and blessed. But if I plug in spiritually to the blueprint, I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 sort of, it's about, I think my work after that moment five years ago, which was a long moment, a deep, it happened at the blood moon. And so the blood moon in August is, I mean, in October is when, if you haven't dealt with it, Collie's gonna come deal with it. If you mm-hmm. put it on the light, here comes Collie. It's all about bloodshed, um, and so, uh, but that blood moon period into that winter, uh, after that, I was like, no more of this like escape escapism through spirituality stuff, and and then really leaving my partner and doing uh, and having this child on my own is like nothing has descended me so much into my body or the earth. And while I speak to the goddess all day long, I'm very much a human. And so marrying the humanity and the divinity is, for me, that's my piece of, that's the piece I want to be a part of in the
0: priestess movement. Yeah, I love that. And it feels, what I'm feeling here is that you've had to actually dissolve the human part of you that wants to feel ashamed or shame Mm. it's like i should be this or i should be above and beyond or i should have everything work perfectly or i don't know it's like you know there's a i don't know if you if you got that at all but there there'd be a part of me i imagine that would be like oh my god um because it's quite public i suppose um areas of your life yeah <laughs> I and there are people that yeah. still have you on a, on a pedestal as a you know as, and and your wisdom flows so there's so much there for us but cool I can thing, just imagine right. that the head would have clung to something there
1: well the cool thing about moving into mother is I don't look at I don't think about being public anymore Yeah, You know, that was fucking hell. Excuse my language, but caring about all that, like, um, and, and I have to have compassion for myself because I went from, you know, nobody, you know, so I started after, my awakening started after my Saturn return, and by the end of my Saturn return, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was, uh, it was torn down to nothing. I was, you know, recovering uh, everything. (laughs) Um, I lost the love of my life and I had, you know, been, um, heavily using like sedatives like Xanax and Valium. I call it sedating my Shakti. I just wanted to sleep. We were talking about the unhealthy maiden. Uh, you know, by 31, when I kicked that, addiction to sleeping basically. Literally. Just I, you know, life would get too much. And I my doctor was prescribing me something that said, Hey, you don't have to feel this. You can go to sleep. You don't have to slay this dragon yourself. You know? Um and I had maybe four friends in the world at that point because mm. I had lost my will to live and I lost my passion for my career and I lost my my love. And uh and then I have an awakening, which is a, an overnight kundalini awakening, which are really rare, a Shakti pot. And I start writing. And four days later, I have, you know, 400 people saying something. And then two months later, it's 2,000. And it's like, you know, for the ego, that was too fast of a trip. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no friends. So, you know, the biggest thing that, that – makes me, gives me a lot of joy is when I help women, uh, find their gifts and then share them with the world. And these women often are really lonely when they come to me and they say, I don't really have any friends and there's no one around here like me yet. You know, like I'm the only witch in the woods or I, you know, I have Mm. to pretend to be like everyone else, but I'm not. And those are the kind of women that come to me. And I say, as soon as you like like a lighthouse, start offering in the dark your your gifts. You attract the the other boats that are like you, you know. And now I have too many friends. Like it's, you know, I love it. But it's like they're all so amazing. I mean, I just had to let go of my therapist because she didn't get me to the place that my friends who are these brilliant, wise women get me to. You know, like I don't even need... I'm still going to look for another one but that that can meet me at that level, but the women I'm surrounded with, my coven is like, they're, you know, and they're all over the world, um, but I went from the loneliest girl in New York City to probably one of the most loved people. It's such a blessing because I had the courage and I'd say not even the choice to put myself out there or or to die you know it was like I had to put myself mm. out there there's always that Frida Kahle quote about I knew there had to be someone as strange as me right and in my vicinity there wasn't um, but I just I put myself out there and I found my tribe and that's what happens to the women that put themselves out there you know um, so once again I forget how I got here but here we are here we
0: are <laughs> indeed
1: you know the feeling though like <laughs> This global sisterhood is just so amazing and rich. Oh,
0: I love it. yeah I love it.
1: Yeah, like I, we've never talked and but like I already knew your dog from Instagram, you know and like I, and like, I already knew I loved you because there's just an energy um, yeah and it's it's so beautiful. and even like the I went through a lot of kind of betrayal last year and even that is like so in the underworld there's this other thing that happens is like the people that aren't in the underworld journey all they can really do is hold space for you on the surface and like mm. let me just like disclaimer like, like I was saying in the beginning like I don't like to over explain myself but somebody isn't bad because they're not in the underworld with you like at all like I know that makes sense to you your face is like yeah obviously but I'm not, so I'm just trying to say like, that's all some people can do when you're in the underworld. It's like, we're going to be here. We're up here. We're waiting for you. We love you. We hope you make it out, you know? Um, and, uh, but there's other people that won't even hold space for you. And they're like, are you, is that contagious? Like, I don't want any of it. It was, you were super cool when you were on your throne and you had a million projects and you were in love and you were super popular, but now it's like. You know, ooh, you're kind of funky, and and that and so it's like the underworld also, you know, grief, the dark side of things. It just shows you the truth. You know, mm-hmm. like Anana goes down and she sees the truth of who she is. That she doesn't need any of the external accoutrement or identity to know that she is life itself and God itself and Goddess herself. You know, and it's like when you're down here and you lose everything, you know what you really have. You know. And uh, that's another blessing.
0: Um, I am always trying to become conscious of my ego. Sure. Yeah. Of of the and and letting layers go, and there's always more layers. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering how you're feeling about that now. Like, what place does your ego have in your work. Oh, what do you mean by ego? Okay, I mean the part of me that is only caring about how I look oh. in the world. Okay,
1: yeah. Okay, that's funny. Um, I a friend of mine mentioned this today. Kelly, her name's Kelly Morris, and uh, it's something that I've been waiting to write about in these like transmissions that I'm writing about from Maiden to Mother. Is it vanity? Like for me, that's the first thing that has that that got worked on. Um, I remember in Taos, New Mexico, when I started to see my first like real wrinkles, and I get them like right here on the ridge of my nose, and they and they. Uh, I remember thinking, "That's it. Like I'm no longer beautiful." And then I remember that was the maiden talking, and then this wiser voice, you know, was like well, then what do you mean by beauty, you know? And then I had to go really deep and be like, well, what is beauty if it's not, you know, what a patriarchal society tells you about forever young and tight and tiny and all that? And I was like, well, I think it's, you know, I think it's wisdom and compassion. And I think it's uh, love and creativity. And I think it's resilience and, you know, sovereignty and all this stuff. And it's like, well, then you're beautiful, you know? And that's a beauty that nobody can ever take away from you and that won't ever die, that, internal beauty is eternal. And, um, you know, I mean, there's days when I still like I wake up and I'm like, am I like literally a gargoyle? Like I like Like, what is happening, you know? And then, um, you know, you know, I have some tea and I do a little breathing and I start to look like human again. But um, it's like, yeah, the internal beauty and it's a totally different presence. Like, you know, you, you have a totally different energy when you walk into any room, Um, you're not hot anymore. You're beautiful. And that's different, you know? And then, and then becoming a mother, like I have offered my body to this child. I am now a walking mobile home. You know, I am not like, I'm not like some of the girls you see on Instagram where like they only gain weight in their belly. Like, no, I have gained so far 40 pounds all over my, 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 my person, (laughs) like, and I'm still gaining weight, you know? And, um, and it's, it doesn't matter you know because i'm housing life and I mm-hmm. I can't you know i didn't even think i was fertile this was a total surprise i would say accident but i don't believe that um so just the fact that i'm going to you know and that's that's something that i really try to say archetypal journey of maiden to mother because i know what an honor this is i know how many women can't get pregnant like i want I'm I'm teary thinking about it, and I'm not trying to trigger anybody. I'm. I want to say archetype for me. That is, it is not about the physical at all for me. Like the physical passage. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say not at all because it just has to be because of where I am. But I, I am speaking to women trapped in archetypal maiden. That need to save their own lives, and therefore, like you were talking about peace at home, change yourself. That is changing the world. End of story, you know. So save your life, and you are a hero. And then you're everyone around you is better for it, you know. Um, so, yeah, and so the, the the vanity of how does how does this look like? Uh, that's you know, now it's like I used to even with this. I'll be totally honest with this Anana course. I was so into like being mysterious and not putting myself out there, as like with like things to sell, you know, but now it's like, I've had to be like, okay, well i have have to double my income because I'm a single mom. Um, and do I really believe in this course? Yes. Is it kind of, is it, am I pushing the envelope? Am I saying weird stuff? Um, you know, and even putting it on your personal page instead of like your business page or whatever, you know, okay. Everybody knows I'm a big ass goddess worshiper. Like, okay. Like, like I believe in this course, I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to probably write at least every other day about it. Um, and I'm going to put my soul out into the world. Um, and before I'd be like, I don't knock on doors. I only open them, you know? And now I'm like, I'm going to knock on some doors. Because I have to for my child. So, like, the the me, me, me stuff, like, that I was just talking about in this post, when I was going through years of ritual of allowing my maiden to die, going, you know, not with shame, but, like, it's time. Not like, oh, my God, you're so embarrassing. But, like, it's really time to leave space for my mother to rise. Um, And um, I remember she would say, like, no, it has to be all about me. Like we can't let the mother rise because like what if we have a child and it's all about the child like it has to be all about me you know and I was like oh my god like I felt so bad for her but i that was really when the separation happened where I was like wow like my maiden has a voice and it's not me you know and mm-hmm. I was really and I was like this must this change must really be happening because I'm
0: very aware that this is not my voice and she's like me you know I think that's one of the most beautiful things about being a mother. Yeah. Is that these children have woken me up to it's not all about me. Yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. My day is not all about me. Yeah. Right. It can't be. Mm-hmm. Some days I want it to be so oh. bad.
1: Okay. Yeah. <sighs> I know, I have my last three months of it being about me even though it's way
0: well it's still not about you already is it it's It's just going to say staring at like this room that needs to be a nursery
1: and my belly hurts and all i can do is lie down and eat and pee i'm like no it's not about me
0: (laughs) it's not about you anymore um i think this is the post you're talking about i've just got it open here and i love this line you've said the maiden is the small bud seeking her place in the world the mother shatters open to hold the world.
1: Yeah. Mm. that. I, 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 I hope I don't beat my clients over the head with that, but the flower analogy just really works because if you think about the tight bud that has to push up through the dark earth, and that takes a lot of masculine seeking energy, mm. and she has to push up, and she needs that tightness of her ego, right, to, to, to fight through that earth. And then when she rises and greets the sun, um, she shatters open, you know, and then she is a gift to the world and and receives that love and adoration back. Right. For 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 shining, for showing up, for holding space. Um, And so and she becomes so much bigger. But of course, that death is going to be scary of like, what happens when I shatter? It's like, you know, it's, it's really scary and nobody can do that work for you. You know um, what happens when I leave the cocoon? Yeah.
0: Mm, I love it. I love that. I love that analogy of the flower as well.
1: It works its um, too, because then mm. petals start to die, and she turns back in, and then she returns to the earth to start the cycle again.
0: Mm. Yeah. And we, I think, we have a lot of work to do to sort of raise the vibe, raise the. The appreciation of the crone, definitely.
1: I, I I sipped the waters of the crone in this last course I co-taught, uh, and I. So Clarissa Pinkola Estes wouldn't write. Maybe Oh uh, I mean, you know, Jean Shinoda Bolin wouldn't write the goddess and older woman about about the crone until she was a crone, and that's something in the feminine. So like the priestess. She doesn't teach from books or like something that somebody else tells her. She teaches from the stories in her bones. Like you think about the black Madonna. She's black from the wisdom of the fire that's charred so much wisdom into her. And she's black from the fire. Fires are how we learn. Well, especially over in dark goddess land. You know, you learn from the burn. Right. And uh, so I I can only speak from maiden and, and, and new mother. Um, I can't. I I was teaching on crone and I had to like stop and say, by the way, like this isn't my place. I'm going to do the best I can. But that would be a total dishonoring to pretend I knew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And pretend I knew what, that the next phase, how it felt like to know the next phase is death, to be at the door, you know, to have lived all, you know, to have lived 60, 70 years, I, I I would be a fraud if I stood up here and said I know this, you know, this is true
0: so. I'm actually really excited about being a crone I love when women say that, yeah <laughs> why? I have a I have a, a feeling about it a, a feeling of, about for me, like there's going to be it's going to be a really beautiful time for me. Yeah. I think the you know, I, I love being in the mother phase and not caring what the, the world thinks of me as much. Yes. That's one of the big benefits. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive benefit. And and being in my 40s really helped with that. Yeah. But I think caring even less is going to be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's. Um, well, the healthy Crone has lived uh, her life and um, doesn't have. Um, when she was in maiden and when she was in mother, she took full advantage. Right. Uh, what is, Anais Nin says, like, you have no fear of death if you've lived if you've lived your life. Right. So the unhealthy Crone is angry about the next phase and you know so people that whole hag thing you know that we have that's the unhealthy crone that she hasn't lived right and so she's angry and terrified to die and uh people think of her as mean right because unhappy people are mean people and happy people tend to be kind people um and uh so the health so if we can work on this passage now of really helpfully helping the woman move into mother and owning her life and owning her story and living the adventure, like sword on the horse, like going for it, slaying the dragons. By the time she gets to crone, she's in healthy healthy crone of like, I have stories to tell, I have wisdom in my bones, you know, and she's not terrified to die. And that's what I need to be. Yeah.
0: I'd love to hear your version of what it is about you that is unbreakable (laughs) like where you find that part of you and what it feels like that's a really good
1: question and i love the name of this um i i just always know i wrote this little poem that said uh, one thing I know to be true: the tides will turn; they always do. And the second part of that is, I and another thing I know to be true is that you'll make it through because you always do. And um, it's back when I really loved like very simple wordplay and <laughs> more maiden stuff. But um, I, I I remind myself of that because here we are, you know, and. Um, I have progressively become a better and better person, and um, I uh, I trust if I if I heed the lesson, if I make sure to stop and process the lesson,
0: I'll
1: be I'll keep I'll be bigger and stronger. I think of life like a battlefield. I think of it. I, my soul home is Avalon and so everything for me is always very like the inner landscape It's very epic and filled with caves and dragons and horseback and you know like a sword and um and I you know I slay a dragon and then I rest and the dragon slays me and I heal my wounds and I get up and I say what do I know now from that last battle you know and if I can do that uh, if I can stay charged with that, the soul blueprint that I was telling you about, like I can get lost in my scared human. Like last week I was like, I can't do this podcast with Nicole because I'm down. And then so that little voice is like, but you know you never stay down very long. And I don't. And mm-hmm. I used to when I was a trapped in maiden. I'd stay in that glass case being like, any minute now someone's going to show up. And help. <laughs> you know and help means helping yourself also means like getting up and call and just like reaching for the phone and calling your acupuncturist like that you know, not just like lying there and like being like okay you know means asking for help
0: too um it means not expecting anyone else to know what you need yeah
1: yeah who could know better than you which is what being your own mother is yes it's It's the self mother Mm. yeah what do i need now you know Mm. sleep someone to listen to me a nourishing meal socks on my feet all of it
0: you know probably all of it yeah and so many of us resent the fact that we have to do it ourselves i think like, damn it, doesn't feel as good if I have to put the socks on my own feet.
1: I gotta tell you, I mean, I never saw my story of doing, you know, being pregnant and doing all this alone, and um, it's. I, I can now I understand when I plug into the soul blueprint that it had to be this way, and it makes so much sense to any of my intuitive friends and me too. I get it.
0: It makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, When you don't like, you don't, when you're a little girl, be like, I hope I get pregnant, and then I break up with him, and then, you know, it's like, you don't, I didn't want, you know, I didn't choose it, but I, some, it was already chosen, um, but, yeah, I've, I've been taking, I've had to take care of myself, I can't say it's like, five star canyon ranch taking care of myself or anything, but I'm doing okay. Mm. But I won't take for granted having someone to ask for help once in a while and vice versa, helping that person. Sure. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So but the 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 like wishing we didn't have to do it ourselves, like I guess part of what I think about when I think about the the bud opening under the sun and that the feminine meeting the masculine and like that internal burst of uh, beauty is like, that is how we feel. That's how we get better is we say, okay, if I'm going to take one step today to help myself. And the thing about, I have this saying is that when a woman heals the wounds of her own body, she rises to heal the wounds of the world. Mm. And the way to feel better at this time on the planet is to do something, is to act, which is masculine. You know, the unhealthy feminine like lies in bed and weeps, and she feels, which is so crazy beautiful. But if she can't, act, if she can't then act, she's stuck. And so acting, I, I have learning from this. I have a couple crumbs in my life, one right now, and I wish I had many more. But the only way she ever feels better is. With the Trump administration, I hate saying his name. Is uh, is acting, mm. is marching, is organizing, and that's how the fe- the feminine feels, which is so beautiful. And then when she acts, her feminine is married or masculine, and she's whole. Mm. You know, to feel yeah. and to act is 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 for is for men and for women to do both. Okay. and that's okay. that's the work of you know the ancient tale of the handless maiden, is she can feel but she can't do right, because their hands are gone, and uh, the Fisher King is, he can do, but he can't feel, and it's like to marry, for, for, for our masculine to work on feeling, which they haven't been allowed to do, and then act, and for the feminine to work, they know how to feel, now it's time to act, you know, from that broken heart.
0: I love that. Yeah. Do you know what one of the things I just love about when I hear you speak is your rich um, encyclopedic knowledge of mythology and fables and archetypes and how you draw those all in, because it oh. really it, it really creates such a tangible, I don't know, image. It's it it helps. It really helps. Oh,
1: thank you. Thanks. I I always I was never any good at school. Like I was good at English and art, <laughs> but was always told I wasn't like smart in the way that the patriarchal school system wanted me to be. So when I woke to my feminine and realized that I was a priestess, which was a storyteller and therefore, you know, a a wise woman, I too, you know, I mean, I'm just moving into mother, but the crone stage would be pretty amazing uh, if I live a a lived life, if I live my life. Um, So to, 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 to hear that feedback makes me, feel honored. Thank you. Because I'm, 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 I'm wise in the feminine, but not in the, you know, the masculine version of smart.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: balance my checkbook or anything.
0: Who so. <laughs> <You> can? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued with your soul blueprint. I feel like um, we all have our soul blueprints, they're all different, they're all unique. And perhaps we all have different ways to tap into them. I'm just wondering how you go about it. Well, I—that's a really good question, and maybe something
1: I could look into more uh, in the future. Because I know where my soul's home. I know I have my—I have my my strongest past life, and for me, that's my imprint that's when I was told what I was going to do in this lifetime and so I check back into Avalon when I'm getting really good body work done or you know um, mostly then because it's hard for me to find a meditative state even harder now that I'm pregnant I just like I don't know Uh, but when I'm in when I'm getting really good body work done or or working with a healer I can check back in there and say, "Oh my God, what am I supposed to do now?" And that's actually an ancient technique in Avalon called scrying, where priestesses would look in a pool of water and ask their future self, "Like, what do I do now?" Like, and then the your wise woman, your crone says, "You go right instead of left." You you know, and you're like, "Oh, I knew that. It's all in me." Mm-hmm. And for me, I go backwards and I say, "You know, you guys had this all written out for me. <laughs> Tell me what I do now." And they say, "You know, pick up your sword or." or don't, or, you know, but usually it's something really, for lack of a better word, magical, like, okay, like, grow your protection, remember who you are, just, it's all about remembering who I really, really am, which is a priestess of Evelyn, yeah, and then how can I be afraid if I'm a magical, powerful woman, right? Hang out there. Yeah. Yeah, I love to hang out there. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Mm. So I guess kind of of remember who you are, you know, and uh, even like that. there's this great book from Lucy Cavendish. Did you know her? She's that awesome witch in Australia. No?
0: I think you've mentioned her to me before.
1: Probably. I love her. Okay. If I was in Australia, I'd be like sitting on her doorstep like every day. Right? <laughs> I love you. Um, so she wrote a book called The Lost Lands or something, and you can do a quiz and see if you're from Memoria or Avalon or Atlantis. And it's just a fun, like, if, you, if you're if you just like listening to this and you're like, I wouldn't even know where to start, like, maybe those quizzes could help you. Okay. That's what, what your past land was, you know? Mm yeah
0: that's beautiful i i um i tune in by putting my hands on the same tree every day
1: oh yeah building a with one tree is massive so every day is it right outside or no it's a dog walk away dog walk away god it's so hard to walk without a dog i found it pointless mm.
0: yeah You'll, you'll find the point when you have a wee baby in a stroller. Yeah,
1: I'm sure. But for now, I'm like, I try to walk without a dog. I'm like, this is stupid.
0: <laughs> Going home. <laughs> oh. Now, i just got a couple more questions for you. I'm wondering, I often ask um, for any words of wisdom or advice to someone on the bathroom floor, or having, you know, a dark moment uh, right now. But I'm actually wondering if, if you would, maybe give that advice to yourself in, uh, one of your, maybe your first big, dark, bathroom floor moments. What would you say to yourself?
1: Like in my twenties? Yeah. I would have gotten sober so long ago, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that I was like some crazy alcoholic or something. I just relied on something outside of myself. Or, you know, there's a couple things about my sobriety which um, leaning on anything outside of yourself, like for a visual, is like putting your hand on. Say you're weak, and you put your hand on a wobbly post. You know, mm-hmm. it's like to sustain you for a second, and then you're worse off than you were before because now you're on the ground at least you were standing up before it's like um and also what uh the wine which you know is a tradition and all the women in my and both sides of the family you drink wine at dinner and
0: you get rid of the day that way you know um and probably even in Avalon right would they have had their glass of wine Lucy Cavendish
1: says that if you are from Avalon, you have an allergy to wine, to alcohol. And I do. Um, I have one glass and the next day I feel like death.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a real allergy to it. Um, And so, um, but it was all about an aversion to my feelings. And so if I drank something or took a pill that you know my doctor had prescribed once again that was the very confusing thing is that um and some people need their medication and this was not that case like i needed somebody to hear me which is the most healing process but nobody wanted to listen to me they just wanted to prescribe me stuff and so um but you you suppress that energy of that emotion you know with with substance and so then i was building layers of all this repression and so I wish, honestly, the reason I do do a girl one is for my mom, because she died young and didn't have any empowerment and self love. the other is for that girl on the bathroom floor in her twenties. Like, I wish I'd had a me. You know, I wish I could have come there. I remember before I had destigmatized the witch for myself and understood it as a wise woman healer. I longed for a witch so badly, like a magical woman, a magical powerful strong woman to come take care of me, not realizing that woman was me. And I remember like lying on these floors, I did a lot of floor lying after my fiance left me, and just where's that strong woman that's gonna come heal me, you know? So I wish I had said, you know, I hold tight, I'm coming, and I'm you and, uh, you know, put down the wine and put down the Xanax and uh, put a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly and breathe. You know, I wish, I mean, I can't, I don't know what else to say, but I wish I'd had me. I wish I had a modicum of kind of self-love mm. back then. And uh, I wish I had known how powerful and strong I really was, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can we just actually take a moment? I just feel like we should maybe take a moment of just visualizing that because Mm -hmm. I feel like so much healing can happen retrospectively and Mm -hmm. visually and energetically. Of you just going to her on the floor. Yeah. Whispering those words.
1: I love you. You are safe. All is well. Yeah, she didn't know how to hear herself, you know, and that gets us that that no internal GPS gets us in some really dark situations. So, yeah, bless our intuition. Yeah,
0: and bless the moment when she woke up to it. You know, it was so courageous. Mm-hmm. You're so courageous. Gotta excuse
1: me, one more choice, one more chance at life, you yeah. know, and the caveat was now you serve me. Uh-huh.
0: And that you can do. That I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you so much. I've really yeah. enjoyed connecting with you and chatting with you. It's so beautiful. Where can people find you and
1: What's going on? Uh, for now, you can find me at doitgirl dot com, but more probably more on facebook dot slash doitgirls with an S, and then Sarah Durham Wilson is my Instagram. Durham's like D-U-R-H-A-M. And pretty soon, my site's going to go to my name, but you'll know, do a girl will always redirect to it. Mm. So that's the easy place, and then social media, um, and then the teachings of Anana is is March fifteenth. Mm. Yeah then after that, I'm having a baby.
0: And then so. after that, i having a baby. <laughs> Who knows
1: where? Who you knows what's going to happen?
0: So. Well, I could give you a few insights about what's going to happen, but hey. <laughs> I'll ask you. I'll lean on you. Please, please do. I
1: will. Good. Thank you. Thanks for your light, and you're just such a wonderful, beautiful woman.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. You can find the show notes for this episode at nicolematheson.com forward slash podcast 13. While you are there, download my free gift, Sweet Soul Whispers, the soothing words you need to hear when you're feeling broken. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to share it with your friends and pop over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. While you are there, hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye-bye.